Hi, and welcome to Reading by Flashlight. I'm Allison, the host of this podcast, and this season's book we're going over is The Inheritance Games, written by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. In this episode of the season, we will be going over chapters 49 through 60, so stay for that. And without further ado, here it is, The Inheritance Games. So before we start, if you're new and you haven't watched any of the earlier episodes, please go do that because this will probably have spoilers and all that stuff for you if you're interested in this book. So, and if you've already watched those other episodes, then great. Thanks for sticking along. We're going to be reading again chapters 49 through 60 of The Inheritance Games, written by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. So thanks again for stopping by and let's begin. So last week where we left off, Avery had went to go into her sister's room to check on her and she wasn't there, but Nash was there like waiting for her or something. And um, one of the maids of the house came in and kind of looked between everything, like the bedroom and everyone that was just standing there and she stopped smiling. And I still haven't been able to figure out why, like did she see something or like, I don't know, but okay, so now we're at chapter 49. So at this point, Avery and Orin, her bodyguard, is in the car, and then he says, don't say I didn't warn you, and then she says, I had no idea what he was talking about until I realized that Alyssa was sitting in the front seat. So Alyssa says, I really hope that you don't have plans this week, Avery, or the next weekend. And Alyssa's like, I was hoping to keep you out of the spotlight for a little bit longer. But since you kind of ruined that plan, you're going to be attending a pink ribbon fundraiser this Saturday night and a game next Sunday. And then she's like, a game? And then Alyssa says, yes, the NFL. You actually own one of the teams now. My hope was that scheduling some high-profile social outings will provide enough grist for the gossip mill that we can delay setting up your first sit-down interview until after we've gotten you some real media training. And so Avery's like, do I have to? And Alyssa says, yes. Yes, you'll have to go to the gala this weekend. And yes, you have to go to the game. And yes to the media training. And then Avery's thinking, well, if it's the cost for protecting Libby, then I guess she'll have to go through with it. So then she's at school and she arrived there and everyone's kind of just like staring at her. Like she knows that people know who she is and all that, but they weren't staring at her before. So now it's kind of weird because everything was normal for a little bit. And all of a sudden she's getting all these stares and stuff. And so Thea comes up to her and she said, you did something. Do you really know why Tobias Hawthorne left you everything? The whole school's been talking about it. And Avery says, the whole school, they can talk about whatever they want to. And then Thea says, um, you don't like me much. That's kind of obvious here. But I'm no stranger to being hated. And then she roll- Avery rolls her eyes and says, I don't hate you. And then she says, I didn't know her well enough to hate her yet. And then Thea said, well, that's good. Because we're going to be spending a lot more time with each other. Because my parents are going out of town. And they seem to think that I can't be left with myself. So I'll be staying with my uncle. And I understand that he and Zara have taken residence at Hawthorne House. I guess they're not quite ready to cede the family homestead to a stranger. So yes, now we see that um, Thea's parents are going out of town, going somewhere. So... They don't want her to be by herself, so she's going to have to stay at Hawthorne House with her 
aunt, which her aunt is Zara, which is the cousin of Skye. So I guess she'd be what? She'd be like second cousins with the Hawthorne kids, I guess, with their family. And so Avery says, why do you want to stay at Hawthorne House? And Thea says, contrary to popular belief, I don't always do what I want. And besides, Emily was my best friend. After everything that happened last year, when it comes to the Hawthorne family, I'm immune. So Avery tries to get a hold of Max now in chapter 50, but she wasn't really talking. Like, something was wrong with Max, but and it says... Xander, in contrast, was more than willing to discuss the Thea development. He said, if Thea's here, she's probably up to something. And Avery says, she as in Thea or your aunt. Xander said, hmm, you're probably right. I seriously doubt Thea volunteered to spend time with our family. It's possible that she fervently wishes to vo for vo that she fervently wishes for vultures to dine upon my entrails. And then she says, you, what did you do? And then Xander sighs and says, it's his story, possibly involving vultures. And then she's like, okay, we're gonna step away. And she says, I thought back to asking Xander about Rebecca Lawlin. He hadn't said anything to indicate that she was Emily's sister. He'd murmured almost exactly what he just said about Thea. So then he said, if you're going to be head going head to head with Thea, you need to be prepared. And Avery said, I'm not going to go head to head against anyone. And then Sanders said, it's adorable that you believe that. And so he stopped at a corridor. So I guess they're still at school, maybe. Or no, they're at their house. They're at, their, they're at Hawthorne House. And he reached up, it says all six foot three of him, to touch a molding that ran up the corner. He must have hit some kind of release because the next thing I knew, he was pulling the molding towards us, revealing a gap behind it. He stuck his hand into the gap behind the molding, and a moment later, a portion of the wall swung out towards us like a door. And she said, Avery said, I'm never going to get used to this. And Xander says, welcome to my lair. And she's looking around and there's like all sorts of like weapons. Like there's gears, there's pulleys, there's chains, there's ramps, buckets, conveyor belts, slingshots, bird cages, pinwheels, and a bunch of balloons. And then she looks around and she's like, is that an anvil? And then Xander said, proud, it says, Xander said proudly, that is a Rube Goldberg machine. As it happens, I'm a three-time world champion at building machines that do simp simple things in overly complicated ways. Place this in the pinwheel. So he hands her a marble, and she did, and the pinwheel spun, blowing a bubble, and it tipped in a bucket, and all the way until it just did the simplest thing. And then she said, what does this have to do with Thea? And then he looked at her, and he said, who said this has anything to do with Thea? So chapter 51 starts out with Avery saying that last night, in honor of Thea's visit, Mrs. Lawlin made, like, a good meal. Like, there's melt-in-your-mouth roast beef, organic garlic mashed potatoes, roasted asparagus, broccoli florets, and three different kinds of creme brulee. And then she was like, I was pretty sure that she had done this just all for Thea, but she didn't do that for her when she was here. So she just thought that that was a bit suspicious. So then the table was filled. It was set for 11 people, and she tried to think. Well, there's four Hawthorne brothers, Sky, Zare, Constantine, Thea, Libby, Nan, and me. And then Zare said, Thea, how is field hockey? And Thea said, we're undefeated this season. Have you decided what sport you're going to be playing, Avery? And then Avery said, I don't do sports. 
Then Xander said, everyone at Country Day does a sport. It's an actual real requirement and not a figment of Thea's delightful, vindictive imagination. And then Nash said, Xander. And then Xander said, I said she was delightfully vindictive. And then Thea said, if I were a boy, people would just call me driven. And then there are people getting mad at her, her like, okay. And then Sky says, a toast. After everyone clears their throats, they're like, <clears throat> awkward mo- family moment. And Sky continues and says, a toast to Avery. And so she's like, wow, you actually remembered my name this time. And so they all go, you know, do the clanking of the glasses to her. And then it, right when they do it, Thea says, to Emily, may she rest in peace. And so that got the attention of some people. So it says, Jameson's glass came down. His chair was pushed roughly back from the table. Farther down, Grayson's fingers tightened around the stem of his own glass, his knuckles going white. And then Constantine, who is uh, Zara's husband, so her uncle, said Theodora. And then she says, Thea took a drink and adopted the world's most innocent expression. What? So then I guess Avery decides to leave too. And she goes to that closet, the secret closet that had the coats in it. Because she's going to go off to the Black Wood. Because she knows that that's where Jameson probably went to go distract himself with a clue or something. Because he had left. And then it says, as my hand hooked around the hanger, a voice spoke from behind me. I'm not going to ask you what Jameson's up to. What you're up to. And it's Grayson. He's figuring out what they've been doing this whole time apparently. And she said, you're not going to ask me because you already know. And then Grayson said, I was there last night at the bridge. This morning, I went to go see the Red Will. <laughs> he was spying on them. He was trying to figure out what they knew about the clue because he wants to win the game first. And then he said that he had went to go see the Red Will. And she's like, I still have the decoder. And then Grayson shrugged and he's like, red actates is very easy to come by. It's not that hard. And though she and she's like, if he's seen the Red Will, he knows about the middle names that stood out. And then she said, if you were there last night at the bridge. And then Grayson said, Westbrook, Davenport, Winchester, Blackwood. They're last names, but they're also locations. I found the clue on the bridge after you and my brother had gone. And then she said, what do you want? And then he said, if you were smart, you'd stay away f- from the game. And then he said, Thea's right. This family, we destroy everything we touch. <gasps> oh, oh. So chapter 52, she roughly knew where the Blackwood was because of the maps. So she went out there and she's trying to look for him because he's probably going to do something dangerous. I don't know. And then she's like, she sees him and... What does it say? He is punching furiously at a tree. I mean, come on, dude. You're going to break a finger. Oh, okay. She says, broken any fingers lately? And he says, he looks down at his knuckles. He stops and he looks down at his knuckles. And he's like, nope, but they're still intact. Mmm, trees. That would hurt, punching a tree. Repeatedly. Okay, I just got close to the speaker and that did not sound like my voice at all. Okay. So she asks Jameson what he's looking for, and she said, he says, your guess is as good as mine. And then she said, well, you skipped school today to do something. You have a guess. And then he says, well, maybe. 
Four middle names, four locations, four clues, carvings most likely, symbols. If the clue on the bridge was infinity, numbers, if it was an eight. And then she, um, she says, do you know how many trees four acres can hold? 200 in a healthy forest. And in the Blackwood, she said, at least twice that. And then Jameson says, here. And he gives her a roll of glow-in-the-dark duct tape. And they're checking, basically just checking all the trees and marking the ones they did check. That would take forever. Like, seriously, can't you just get in, like, a helicopter? You own a helicopter, Avery. Couldn't you, like, look for it up there or something? And so she says, there's got to be a better way to do this. And then he says, got any suggestions? And it says two days later, they were still doing the same thing. So they're still marking off trees. And then Jameson says, I saw Grayson with the map of the woods. And then Avery said, Thea's telling me too. The only way I can shake her is when she sees an opportunity to mess with somebody. And then Jameson says, Thea holds a grudge. And he says, when... She and Xander broke up, it was ugly. And then Avery said, they dated? Thea's practically your cousin. And then Jameson said, Constantine is their second husband. The marriage is recent, and Xander's always been a fan of loopholes. Okay. And then they're looking, they're still looking at trees, and she finds something on a tree. She looks down and, like, shines her light over it, and it's something, car- their letter, letters carved into a tree. And it says, Tobias Hawthorne the second. And so Jameson comes over and looks at it, and he's like, the eyes at the end are all Roman numerals, Tobias Hawthorne II. And then she thinks automatically, Toby. But then she hears this cracking noise, and it's a deafening echo follows, and the world exploded, bark flying, and her body thrown backward. And so then Jameson yells to get down, and then she's like, I can't hear you, because she feels something. She, she Automatically, she's like, it just says, pain. And she realizes, I'm bleeding. And so they both duck for the ground. And Jameson, like, covers her or something. I don't know. Like, he's in front of her. Or no, he's behind her. He's behind her. And then she automatically thinks of guns. Because it sounds like gunshots. And she thinks somebody's shooting at her. And there was a stabbing pain in her chest. And then someone, she hears Oren coming. And he says, stay down. And so a group is with him. And the group goes to chase off whatever towards the noise and Orin's like are you okay Avery Jameson is she okay and Jameson said she's bleeding and so they look down at her and she asks if they shot her and she said you weren't even shot at all you got hit by a couple pieces of bark the other cuts just a scratch but the bark's lodged deep in this one we'll leave it until we're ready to stitch you up and then she says stitch me up and Orn says, you're lucky. A couple inches to the right, and we'd be looking at removing bullets, not a bark. Uh, and Orn says, whoever fired this is long gone, because he just picked down and picked up a bullet. And he says, but might be able to trace this. This, as in bullet. Somebody had just tried to shoot us. Me. My brain was finally catching up now. They weren't aiming for Jameson. They were aiming for me. And Jameson said, what just happened here? And then Orn said... What happened is that someone saw the two of you out here and decided you were easy targets and pulled the trigger twice. Chapter 53 starts off with their saying someone shot at me. I felt, well, numb wasn't really the right word. My mouth was dry and my heart was beating too fast and she felt like she was hurting from a distance. Shock. 
And then Orin's like setting up security right now around the forest. He is like, we have a shooter. Gone now, almost certainly, but we'll sweep the words, wor- woods, woods, just in case and bring a med kit. So then Orin tells him to follow him. And then some ATVs arrive, two of them, two men, two vehicles. So they're rattling off in the directions that Orin had told them to go. And they drew weapons. And it doesn't say what they have, so it's probably guns or something i don't know and then one of the men said you guys heading back to the house orin says the cottage so now we know that they're going to wayback cottage which is where uh mr and mrs lawlin are residing at where rebecca where rebecca visits so she might be there i don't know so then orin hasn't treated her wound yet he's just his first priority is getting her to safety so they're riding off and they're going to the cottage and she felt that something was like would it have been the lawlands could they have been the ones that shot at her because she's thinking exactly how loyal are they and she thought about Alyssa saying that nash's people would die for him would they kill for him too but she knows that miss lawland was at home when we arrived so she couldn't have been the shooter but then one a woman took one look at Orin, Jameson, and me, and ushered us inside. If a bleeding person being stitched up at her kitchen table was an unusual occurrence, she gave no sign of it. I wasn't sure if the way she was taking this in stride was comforting or suspicious. And so she says, I'll put on some tea. And then Orin said, you okay with me playing medic? I'm sure Alyssa could arrange for some fancy plastic surgeons. And she's like, I'm not even okay with all of this. Uh, you know... He's probably not trained to be, like, a medic. Like, those medic medical people, dude, they deserve awards. They're, they're the best. Okay, you get hurt, you get shot at, and a piece of bark goes into your back. That's who you call, not your bodyguard. And so he asks again, Avery? And then so she said, just do what you need to do to stop it from bleeding. And so they removed the piece of bark. They had to, you know, disinfect the wound and stitch it up, basically. And then that's basically all they did, what it describes. But, I mean, it says it hurt her. So, I mean, I would imagine removing a piece of bark from your skin. I mean, right now, okay, short story time. This is going to make the episode kind of longer. But in my knee, I still have it. But, like, I have rocks in my knee right now. It's been there, like, you can see it right on the edge to, like, the surface of my skin on my knee because there was one time we were in this gravel parking lot and there was a ditch or something and it was dark outside and I fell. I know, I'm really clumsy. And um, I fell and so a bunch of rocks went right into my knee and most of them I got out, but there's still, like, I think there's, yeah, there's four spots where you can actually still see, like, rocks in my leg it doesn't hurt or anything but it's been that was like two three years ago so i mean i don't know what if it's gonna come out or not but like i've never had it looked out at but you know there you go story time over but yeah i don't think it would be fun to have a piece of bark lodged in your like where was it like was it her like shoulder area i think it was 
And so Oren's done. He says done and gives her something to drink. And then she's, all she can think about is someone shot at me. They tried to kill me. I mean, if someone tried to kill me, well, I hope someone doesn't. But, like, if someone shot at you, wouldn't you be, like, freaking out? I mean, you'd be in shock. That's not something people come across every day. And then Miss Lawlin said, Mr. Lawlin will want to know all about what happened, and someone needs to clean up the poor girl's face. So then Oren's like, where is Mr. Lawlin? And yeah, that's a bit confusing. Where's he? He's not here. He's not at the cottage. Was he the shooter? Hmm? And so she said, and then just as she was about to answer, I guess he walked in and there was mud on his boots. And she's immediately thinking from the woods. Was he in the woods? The mud on the boots from the woods? And then Miss Lawlin said, something happened. And he says, security protocols? Oren says, in full force. And he turns around and he says, where's Rebecca? And then Jameson says, Rebecca's here? And then Mr. Lawlin says, she's a good girl. She wouldn't do anything like that. Come to visit the way she should. And so she's thinking, well, where is she then? I'm sure she knows how to use a gun. She lives in the woods. And then she says, there's a bathroom right over here, dear, if you want to clean up. Chapter 55 starts out with saying Jameson left and we didn't follow him. So she said that I'm stronger than that. Okay, that came out of nowhere. And um, so she's really mad now. Like She says, she's like, I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be in shock that someone just tried to like <clears throat> stop my heart from beating. She's like, I'm mad. I'm not going to be in shock anymore. Like, I'm going to get mad about this. And so she tried to call Max, but she didn't answer. And then she just said, someone tried to kill me. <laughs> and then she's like, if that didn't get a response, nothing would. So she walked back through the bedroom and she saw Rebecca Lawlin standing in the doorway. Her face looked even paler than usual. Her hair as red as blood. She looked shell-shocked. Was it because her parents told her about the shooting? But she wasn't really sure what it was about. She said she was wearing thick hiking boots and cargo pants, both of them splattered with mud. So was she in the woods with her grandpa, Mr. Lawling? Like, was she in the woods together? And Rebecca said that, my grandmother sent me to check on you. And she said, I'm okay. Rebecca said, Gran said that you were shot. And she stayed in the doorway like she was afraid at coming any closer. Shot at, she clarified. And then she says, I'm glad. And then she gets all scared. She's like, I mean, that you weren't shot. It's good, right? Getting shot at instead of shot. And then she's getting all nervous. And she says, Emily would have told you to simplify and say that you were shot. And she said, there was a bullet. You were wounded. And Emily would have said you were entitled to a little melodrama. And then Avery's kind of find this really weird because almost every single time that uh, that Rebecca has spoken, she always says, like, Emily would have thought this or Emily would have thought that. And it's kind of creepy. Like, it's kind of creepy at this point. And so she, uh, Avery asks, did you and Emily share this room? Was purple your favorite color or hers? And Rebecca said, hers. She used to tell me that my favorite color was purple, too. 
Uh, that that's a very manipulative sister. I don't think I like Emily. She does not seem like a very good person to the sister of hers. And then Rebecca said, I feel like I should warn you. And she said, warn me about what? And Rebecca said, I'm supposed to say that my sister was wonderful. And she was, don't get me wrong, but when she wanted to be. Her smile was contagious and her laugh was worse. And when she said th something was a good idea, people believed her. She was good to me most of the time, but she wasn't very good to others, especially the Hawthorne boys. And so Avery says, what'd she do? And Rebecca said, Em didn't like to choose. She wanted everything more than I wanted anything. And once I had wanted something, she shook her head. My job was to keep my sister happy. It's something my parents used to tell us all the time when I was little, when she was sick and I wasn't. I should just do what she wants to make her smile. So then Avery goes for the big question. She says, how did Emily die? And then Rebecca looked at her and she said, Grayson told me that it was her heart. And then she said, Grayson, I couldn't think beyond that. It wasn't until Rebecca had left that I had realized she never gotten about to tell me what specifically she ought to be warning me about. Chapter 56, three hours later and the team and Orin cleared her back to be able to go back to Hawthorne House. And she rode in the ATV with three bodyguards. And then Orin said, due in part to Hawthorne House's extensive network of security cameras, my team was able to track and verify locations in Alibis's for all members of the Hawthorne House, as well as Miss Thea Caligaris. And they have alibis, every single one of them. And then she said, what about Constantine? Clear, Orrin told her, he did not personally wield that gun. And then she thinks, personally? Like he could have hired someone to do it? And Orrin said, well, I know a forensic investigator. He works along an equally skilled hacker. They can take a deep dive into everyone's finances and cell phone records. In the meantime, my team's going to focus on the staff. And she's like, oh, the staff? Orrin must think the staff has some, like someone in the staff was the one who might have been shooting at them. And then she asks the entire staff, including the Lawlands. And Orrin said, well, they're clear. Mr. Lawland was at the house during the shooting and security footage confirms it. Miss Lawland was also at the cottage. And then um, Avery asks about Rebecca. And Orrin didn't say anything about Rebecca. He didn't mention her, he just stayed quiet. And he said, no stone will be left in turn, but I do know that the Lawland girl would never have even learned how to shoot. Mr. Lawland wasn't even allowed to keep a gun at the cottage when they were present. And she asks who else was there today. And he says there was pool maintenance, a sound technician, a massage therapist, and one of the cleaning staff. And she thinks, which cleaning member? Oh, her name was Melissa Vincent. And then she thinks, Melly? The one that she had met uh, that picked up like her towels and stuff, cleaned her room. And Orrin's like, you know her? And then Orrin said, is there something I should know about this? And then... She's the only person I've let pass the gates. Frankly, she's the only person I intend to let pass those gates for the foreseeable future. And then a they finally get to the house and Alyssa comes up and she's like, how is she? And Avery answers for herself and says, uh, not good, sore, a little terrified. You both told me I would be fine. You swore that I wasn't in danger and you acted like I was being ridiculous when I mentioned murder. And her, Alyssa said, technically you specified ax murder and technically it is possible that there was an oversight, legally speaking. And she thinks, what kind of oversight? You told me that if I died, the Hawthorns wouldn't get a penny. 
And then Alyssa said, and I stand by that. However, I also told you that if you died while the will was in probate, your inheritance would pass through to the estate. And typically it would. Typically, she repeated. But then Alyssa's like, however, in the state of Texas here, it's possible for the deceased to add a stipulation to the will that requires heirs to survive and by a certain amount of time in order to inherit. I've been to Texas. Have you been to Texas? Do you live in Texas? Silence. Texas was pretty cool. Okay, back to the story now. No more Texas. Avery says, I'm pretty sure I remember if there was something in there about how long I had to avoid dying for in order to inherit. Oh, I thought there felt like a spider on my leg. And she says, that's if you live in Hawthorne House for a year, which I admit would be pretty difficult if you were dead. <sighs> so she thinks if I die, all the money goes to charity. And Alyssa says, possibly, but it's also possible that you can have heirs that challenge the will. And then Avery says, but I don't have heirs. I don't even have a will. And then Alyssa said, you don't need a will to have heirs. Has her sister been cleared? And then she thinks, Libby? And then Orrin said, the sister's clear. She was with someone inside during the shooting. Who? Innocent, blue-haired Libby would never, ever do that. And then Alyssa's like, well, you can't legally sign a will until you're 18. And then she says, but a bunch of stuff would go to the boys, though. And then so she says, if I die, the foundation, all the money, all the power, all that potential went to Tobias Hawthorne's grandsons. A hundred million dollars a year to give away. So everything to do with the foundation would be given to the Hawthorne, the four of them. You could buy a lot of favors for money like that. And then Oren said, who else knows about the terms of this? And Alyssa said, Zara and Constantine. And then uh, Oren says, how soon can you document drawn up leaving controls about the foundation to Avery's sister in the event of her death? And then Avery says, is anyone going to ask me what I want to do? Alyssa says, I can have the documents ready for tomorrow, but Avery can't legally sign them until she's 18. And until then, yep, and Avery's like, I'll just have a big target on my back. And she said, can I just live somewhere else for the time being? Like, is there somewhere else that I can go? And Alyssa's like, um, no. You'll go nowhere without me, Orin says. Not in the estate, not even in the house. Nowhere. And Alyssa said, what do you know that I don't? Orin says, I had my people check the armory. Nothing was missing. Everything was there. In all likelihood, the weapon fired at Avery wasn't a gun from the premises. So whoever came was kind of someone who was in Hawthorne House, but also outside of Hawthorne House. Like, they had access to, like, a gun outside the house, but they also have access to the house. Like, there's someone that they trust that they shouldn't be trusting, if that makes sense. And then Alyssa asks, did the armory have a visitor? And Orrin says, two of them, Jameson and Grayson. Both have alibuses, but both were looking at rifles. And then Avery's like, Hawthorne House has a weaponry room, an armory? And Orrin says, this is Texas. The whole family grew up shooting, and Mr. Hawthorne was a collector. A gun collector? <laughs> okay. And she says, 
Yes. The earliest... He he looked for so many rifles, several which that he has now are valued to be more than $400,000. And then she remembers... Wait. And then the last thing she remembers is the gun that was shot at her. Or... No, not the gun that was shot at her. One of the guns... Jameson's middle name was Winchester. That's a type of gun. That's what I'm trying to say. Was Jameson in the vault looking for a gun in Winchester? Or is that a clue? Because, like, Winchester's a type of gun. So, did Jameson know about the clue? Maybe, maybe Maybe that's why he's going. I don't know. But on to chapter 57. So, chapter 57 starts out with Avery asking Orin to show her the um armory the hidden one and so it was in a secret passage obviously and so he came to a long corridor and there was this long like uh what do you call those mirrors they're like are they called like full body mirrors like they're really long tall ones that you can see like your whole body in them i think they're called full body mirrors but there's more like a gold one i guess and he pushes he like runs his hand along the side of the frame and there's like a clicking noise that goes off and the mirror like swings out and behind it, it's there like it's like a hallway but it's made out of steel and then there's this facial recognition thing that he has to go through and he says the the entire armory is lined with reinforced steel it says when i heard the word armory i pictured something out of a movie copious amounts of black and rambo styled cartridges on the walls when what i got looked more like a country club the walls were lined with cabinets of a deep cherry colored wood there was an intricately carved table in the center of the room complete with a marble top and she's like this is an armory and orange like not what you were expecting there are safe rooms scattered throughout the house. This is a safe room, but it also doubles as a tornado shelter, too. I can show you the other ones later, just in case. And she's thinking, like, yeah, just in case someone wants to kill me. Is that what you're thinking? And so she asks, well, where are the Winchester guns? And Orn says, there's at least 30 Winchester rifles here. Any particular reason you want to look at them? And so she says, I'm looking for something. A message from Tobias Hawthorne. A clue, basically. A carving, most likely a number or a symbol. So then she, Oren starts to try and look for guns. And he's like, which gun? Which part of the gun are you looking for? And like, which part do you think that he would hide something in? And Oren says, Mr. Hawthorne really took me into his confidence. I didn't always know how his mind worked, but I respected him and their respect was mutual. And he says, none of them are loaded, but you treat them like they are, always. So he pulls one off a shelf and gives it to her and says this was one of his favorites. He was always really good at shooting. And then she's looking at the gun and everything because she's thinking back to where she was being shot at. And so she tells Warren, where do you load the bullets? So she gets to the fourth gun. And you, so to load a bullet into a Winchester rifle, you cocked a lever away from the stock. On the underside of that lever, on the fourth gun I looked at, were three letters, O, N, E. And the way they were etched into the gun, they looked like initials. But she sings, not infinity, it was numbers, eight, and now one, eight, one. O, N, E, O, N, E. Now, time for chapter 58. Okay, so chapter 58, Orin escorts her to her part of the wing and she knocks on Libby's door 
but she didn't. We just want to barge into her sister's room and be like, there's a murderer here, sleep tight. So she pulls out her phone and stares at it, and she's trying to look for something from Max, but there's nothing there. And she's like, she was a night owl, and she sleeps two hours behind me. There's no way that she was asleep. Like, she messaged her on every, like, platform she had, and nothing happened. There was no one, no one. She wasn't going to talk to her. Don't know why. So then she goes to take a shower, and she just sits in the shower. That's what she does. And then she, her phone starts to ring, and she says, hello? And then Max says, you better not be lying about the assassination attempt. And she's like, oh, it's you, Max. And then she said, what is going on, Avery? What is going on there? And then she, a Max says, you need to get out of there. And then Max says, someone tried to kill you, so you need to get out of Murderland, like, right now. And Avery says, I can't just leave. I have to leave her for a year or I'll go at, lose everything. And so Max said, so you'd rather go back to your life? You were living in a car. So Mac, so Avery says, so are you saying that you would just give up billions? And then Max says, everything here is just peachy. Thanks for asking. And then Avery's like, asking about what? And Max says, exactly. Did you even notice I'm not even calling from my own phone? This is my brother's. I'm on a lockdown, a total lockdown because of you. And she says, what do you mean because of me? And she says, do you really want to know? Avery says, of course I do. Max says, because you haven't even asked about me since all of this happened. Let's be honest, you barely asked about me before. And she thinks that's not true. She says, your mom died and you needed me. And with everything with Libby, you really needed me. And then you inherited billions and billions of dollars. So of course you needed me. And I was happy to be there. So Avery says, what do you need? And she said, I need my life back. You know what the worst part is? I can't even be mad at you because someone tried to shoot you. And you need me. And then she says, I'm sorry, Max. And she says, well, yeah, well, the next time someone tries to shoot you, you're going to have to buy me something really nice to make up for it, like Australia. And she's like, you want me to buy you a trip to Australia? And she says, no, I want you to buy me Australia. You can afford it. And she's like, I don't think that's for sale. And then she says, I'm going to be careful. Whoever tried to kill me isn't going to get another chance. And she says, good. I have to go, but I don't know will I be able to borrow another phone or get online or anything. And then she says, bye, bye. Then when she hangs up, she hears this like scratching sound in the walls and she immediately thinks the passageway, maybe that somebody's there. Like she's scared because like, what if someone, what if there was the same person who shot at her? And so she opens the door to the hallway where Oren is stationed outside and she says, Oren, I think there's something that you should know. So... Um, the chapter ends the paragraph and it says that Orn searched the passageway and disabled its interest and he also suggested I spend the night in Libby's room which didn't have a passageway access and it wasn't really a suggestion. So Libby was asleep when she knocked on the door and she got up and Avery crawled into bed with her and she went to sleep and she's starting to dream and I'll, I'll read the dream out of the book so you guys can kind of get what it's saying. I placed two sugar packets vertically on the table and brought their ends together, forming a triangle capable of standing on its own. There, I say, I do the same with the next pair of packets, then set a fifth across them, horizontal, connecting the two triangles I built. Avery Kylie Grams, my mom appeared at the end of the table. What have I told you about building castles out of sugar? I beam back at her. It's only worth it if you can go five stories tall. And that's all that she dreams of. And...
Libby's gone, so she's not there anymore. And she sees her Libby's phone. And there's a bunch of missed texts, dozens, dozens, dozens of them from people. And there were some from Drake, too, saying stuff like, you need, I need to talk to you and stuff like that. And he's saying all this stuff. And we know it ain't true. We know it ain't true. We know it ain't true. Okay, time for chapter 59. Okay, chapter 59. So Orin met her in the hall after she left. And he said a p police report has been filed discreetly. And he says, as much as you can, I'd like you to try and keep this between yourself. And she's like, seriously? <laughs> Fine. And then she's like, have you seen Libby? And then Orin said, she went down to breakfast about half an hour ago. And Avery asked, did she seem okay? He says, no injuries. All limbs and appendix are fully intact. <laughs> what in the world? And then she said her security, he said, her security detail is aware of the situation. They don't currently believe that she's at risk. And she thinks Libby wasn't the heiress. She wasn't the target. I was. So she gets dressed and goes downstairs. And in the dining room, there's just a bunch of pastries in the room. Like Libby's been baking again. And she was curled up on a chair and Nash was sitting beside her. Not beside her, but like in a chair. Okay, chair in the same room. And Diaz comes up behind her and she's like touches her or something and she jumps up in the air and she says somebody jumping this morning you've been a busy girl and so she she's like uh because she's trying to be like orange just said to keep this quiet and she says don't play innocent rebecca told me what happened and then xander pops up and he's like are you guys talking without me how rude and then thea said rebecca stayed the night in the cottage and she finally broke her silence and texted me all about it and then Xander said, she texted me too. And then Nan says, you there. Don't make an old woman get up. Because I guess she wanted to get her pastries or something. I don't know. She wanted a cookie. She just get the old woman a cookie, please. Get her her cookie. So she goes to pick up the tray to bring it to her. And she feels a sharp pain in her shoulder from the wound. And then she, she, Nan's just staring, and then she, like, pokes Xander with her cane. She's like, help her. And then Xander looks at her, and she said, are you hurt? And she said, I'm fine. And Xander said, you most decidedly are not. And then Grayson comes in, and he says, a moment, Miss Grams, in the hall. So she's like, yeah, this is probably one of the people that want to kill me the most. And I don't want to go anywhere with you. But then she's like, fine. And he says, You've been injured. You gonna tell me what happened? And she says, oh, I will, will I? And then he says, please. And then she said, I was shot. Shot at, actually. And he said, when? And Orrin said, last night. Oh yeah, by the way, Orrin's there too. And then he says, and where were you, bodyguard? And he said, not nearly as close as I'll be from now on. And then she's like, remember me? Subject of your conversation and capable individual in her own right. And then he, Grayson said, you'll let Orrin do his job. And then she said, and who do you think he's protecting me from? And then he, she glances back at his family and he's like, if anything happens to her, I will hold you personally responsible. And then Jameson comes in. He said, Mr. Personal Responsibility, charming. And the Grayson said, you were both in the Blackwood last night. Whoever shot at her could have hit you. 
And what a tragedy it would have been, Jameson replied, if anything happened to me. What in the world? Do these brothers hate each other? And then Nash comes in. He says, hope I'm not interrupting. Jamie, you're not skipping school today. You have five minutes to put on your uniform and get in my truck or there will be a hog tying in your future. Gray, our mother requests an audience. And then the oldest Hawthorne brother shifted his attention to me. And then, which is Nash, and he says, I don't suppose you need a ride to school, do you? And Orrin says, she does not. And then she says, I'm not going to school. And then Nash says, your sister know you're playing hooky on this fine Friday afternoon. And if you don't know what hooky means, hooky basically means like skipping school. Like, I don't know, you're skipping, you're, eh, you're just, just basically means skipping out on school. You can look it up. That's what it means. And so he says, and not he, um, Avery says, my sister is none of your concern. And then Nash said, everyone who lives or works in this house is my concern. No matter how many times I leave or how long I'm gone for, people still need looking after. So, does your sister know you're skipping school? And then she says, I'll talk to her. And then Nash says, you do that. So, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And come back next week on Monday for another as we'll be going over chapters 61 through 73 of the inheritance games written by jennifer lynn barnes if you'd like to look a little bit more into the book and a couple of of the other series that she's written i will have the uh, website linked to this video and if you'd like to leave a comment question or book suggestion for a future series you can leave that in like this little reply section that's available on spotify only so if you'd like that just head over to spotify and have if you have a suggestion just leave it there but thanks again for watching or yeah not watching you don't watch podcasts thanks for listening and i will see you next week bye